मुखम करोति वाचालम पंगुम लंघयते गिरिम यत्रपा तमहम वंदे परमानंद माधव अज्ञान तिमिरांधस्य ज्ञानांजन शलागया चक्षुर उन्मीलितम येना तस्मै श्री गुरवे नमः रिस्पेक्टेड राजीव जी एंड माय एस्टीम कलीग्स एंड फ्रेंड्स इट्स अ मैटर ऑफ ग्रेट प्लेजर टू बी हियर एंड एसोसिएट माय सेल्फ विद दिस हिस्टोरिक moment and uh, since it is the first in the series and professor kannan invited me to be part of it so I first thank Professor Kandan for doing this kindness. Of course, I am thankful to Professor Rajiv Malhotra for reminding us to perform our swadharma. Swadharma ni dhanam sriya paradharma vaya. told us so you need someone to come and tell us we were not like this friends manu and is though he is uh, looked upon looked down upon by the intelligentsia but he had the confidence उटबर्स्टिडेंस I hail from eastern part of the country. We have a very popular saying: "Tarkeshu karsh karkasha dia, bayameva nandi." You want to engage in logic? Karkasha dia, you can do it. I am ready. काव्येश कोमल धिया भयमेव नान्ये डू वांट टू एंगेज इन द डिस्कोर्स ऑफ एस्थेटिक्स ओ वी आर रेडी आई थिंक दिस इज कैरेक्टराइजेशन ऑफ इंडियंस दिस इज व्हाट वी वेयर एंड आई डू नॉट नो व्हाट हैपेंड 
slowly, slowly, this is what we are. But anyway, I must thank that someone is there to remind us, oh, this was not that we you were. And it is Rajiv Malhotaraji. So Rajivji, thank you so much for yes narrated the entire story. <coughs> so, even I did not know all this. I am a product of a tradition, intellectual tradition, philosophical tradition, spiritual tradition. But I had the fortune to undergo modern training as well. And so, now and then I keep on getting acquainted what is going, going on all over the globe, but there are limitations. So I, I have also been educated by you, by this introduction that you have given. And it is in this sense that I consider that this is a historic, historic moment. We must claim back what we have. We used to do this not emotionally. Our enterprise was never emotional. It was firmly rooted in rationality. By my favorite field is Nyaya Shastra, therefore. All along, Whenever the debate emerged, we converted into a rational debate. We wanted to have a knowledge of cause and effect relationship. Because wherever you fall short in demonstrating a causal relationship, emotionality peeps in. Overpowers rationality. So that it should not happen, the tradition was always alert. Believe it or not, all intellectualism that you have today, whatever little is left out, and all that is recorded in the textual form, have the background or the context of Vedic rituals. And therefore, if you perform such and such activity, you are to get, going to get such and such result. That result used to be laukika phala and also alaukika. Verifiable, I translate in this way. Verifiable and not immediately verifiable. Not that not verifiable, but I would say I will postpone verification. I will have to prepare myself for verification and maybe in course of time I may be able to verify. And this all happens even in any scientific enterprise. 
So Adrishtapala and Drishtapala. Okay, so far Drishtapala is concerned, you are not required to take much effort to demonstrate causal relationship between the act and the result that is going to yield. But how to demonstrate the causal relationship between an act and the result which is of the category of Adrishtapala? <laughs> and there the rationality began. It is in this context you find many sciences emerging out of it. The Shastra started originating from it. Logic is one such. And the prime concern was to demonstrate there is a causal relationship between an act and the act claims to produce the result which is not instantly verifiable. And therefore, but to do this rationally, the tradition wanted to develop a number of tools. The first tool required was to have a grip over the structure because all the discourse has to take place through language. And language has a structure. So you must develop a tool to grasp the structure of language. And we got in the form of Panini the structure of Sanskrit language, how to acquaint ourselves with the structure of language. First tool. So one must have, if one wants to participate in the debate, one must be acquainted with the structure of the language of, di of discourse. Discourse does not take place but with, with, with a single sentence. You need sentences after sentences, chapters after chapters, books after books. And this is not within the range of the boundary of a grammatical sentence. We wanted to go beyond the boundary of a grammatical sentence in order to address this. And therefore another science emerged in the form of Purva Mimamsa, a science of sentence interpretation. You can call it Indian hermeneutics. The main purpose is to arrive at the meaning of a text. And the third requirement was, of course, that whatever we do, whatever we think, the thoughts must be cogent, rationally arranged. And so you must be thorough in logic. And so we developed a third Shastra called Nyaya Shastra. These are the basic requirements for developing scholarship and with this minimum requirement alone one was able to take part in any discourse to arrive. Discourse, the Sanskrit term for discourse is Vada. Vada is defined, you see another, another beauty of the tradition is that we 
do not initiate any discourse without conceptual clarity. Whatever term we are going to use, first we should be required to define. And therefore, if it is a wider mode of engagement, it is necessary that we must define what vada is. And the vada has been defined as tattva bubhutsu kapha. It's a discourse which the very purpose of this is to arrive at the truth. So any discourse, any engagement, any linguistic engagement, verbal engagement, which aims at arriving at the truth is a discourse. So tattva bhubhutsu katha. And we have a tradition of vada. Vada is different from vivada. Then we started to have a form of discourse. And you will find that we started looking one after the other. And one most prominent form of discourse has been Adhikarana Paddhati. Where Vishayaha Again, the moment you utter a term, you have to define it. This is the tradition. And then communication becomes easier. Without definition, if you go on using a term, you may understand in one way, the other may understand in another way. And that was the problem the tradition was facing. And so they adopted a method that, okay, before we engage into any debate, let us define those terms that we are going to use. So they defined even Adhikarana. What is Adhikarana? Adhikarana is a form of a discourse which satisfies there should be a topic, there should be different views on the topic. Vishayo, Vishayaschayiva. Purva Paksha. The third component is required is that there should be a Purva Paksha. Tathottara. Then the Uttara Paksha. But all this should be connected by a very important Sangati. It should be cogent. There should be a thread of rationality flowing all through the discourse. This should be the form of the discourse. And you will find that Jaimini Sutra, Shavarabhashya, and the entire tradition of Purvami Mamsa is presented in this form, which was taken over by Vedanta Bhagarayana and applied. There are debates whether it is the same Shastra or don't, don't worry about that. Now, unless you prepare scholars and train them with this method of engaging in a serious debate, you are not doing the Indian way of debate. And therefore, I am talking of a little long-term goal. The short-term goal is all, all necessary. It is immediate goal, someone is attacking your Shraddha. So it must attend 
but you should also think simultaneously of the long-term goal, how this country can claim back that confidence that the country had once upon a time. I think we should think in both the ways, yes. immediate goal as well as the long-term, long-term goal. All discourses in this country have been holistic in nature because all that we should do in one way or other must do something for my life. And therefore the question of Purushartha came. Purusha, Purushartha means something which is meant for me. So all that we do, whether material or non-material, concrete or abstract, whatever happens, it should be ultimately, it should be for me. So Purusha, Artha, it is for me. Prayojana, Prayojanam, we, we always say Prayojanam Anudhishya Namandopi Pravartate. So even a, a fool will not initiate an activity unless he is told that out of the activity he is going to get something or not. That something may be drishta, but that can something also be a drishta even after why we have gone into that. And therefore all the purposes have been categorized into two categories in the tradition. Purpose one is called Abhyudaya. Abhyudaya is all that you want to achieve. I translate it as achievement. And uh, no one can say, well, I don't want to achieve anything. Even the worker on the street wants to achieve something. A professor or anybody for, for that matter wants to achieve something. So, again you can see that it's, it's all pervasive discourse. Any, any man, any human being in the, in the universe is addressed towards under this theory that he works, he acts, is prompted by, his, any act is prompted by a purpose. What should be the purpose? The first purpose, immediate purpose is achievement or abhyudaya, the Sanskrit term. <coughs> another, another term is shreyas, prayas, prayas. Then why, then uh, just uh, stop there. Why do you go, uh, go beyond prayas? or beyond achievement, why are you uh, floating the idea of Apavarga, Mukti, Moksha, this and that, all that. Again, there is a discourse that there is no upper limit for Abhidaya. You cannot say that after achieving this, I don't want to achieve anything further than this. So one fulfillment of desire results into another desire that requires to be fulfilled. Once that is fulfilled, gives rise to another desire and it has no upper limit where the desire will say, well, I don't want anything. Najatu kamaha, again, Manu, he said, Manu has not been studied properly. He was a great philosopher. Najatu kamaha, you go on satisfying the desire. The desire will never tell you that I am satisfied. It is something like fire. You want to satisfy fire by pouring ghee into the fire. Is it going to get up and say, well, I don't want ghee here after? 
it is something like that. Havisha Krishna Bhaktamaiva Bhuya Eva Vivardate. The flame goes on, keeps on going up and up. Give me more, give me more, give me more. This analysis is not of today or yesterday. That is what I say, we lost everything. We lost thinking habit. So, Abhyudaya is the first goal. Now I realize that Abhyudaya does not have an upper limit. And therefore, I can, that which does not have an upper limit can never give me peace. That never give me happiness. Because I am not satisfied. Since I am not satisfied and if satisfaction is of in, in aim of my life, how can Abhyudaya be promoted as the ultimate goal of human life? And therefore, the analysts go further and pro propose another goal. And that is your Nishriyasa. Nishriyasa is a state of fulfillment, a feeling of fulfillment. Where you say, Triptos mean I am satisfied, but I don't want anything better. That state should be certainly the, because in that state you have no, no hesitation. You have only peace because all your desires have been fulfilled and you do not have any other desire. So, all these things are defined. I am not talking from my mind, I am talking from the tradition. And the tradition, as I told you, cannot talk unless they are able to define that concept. This capacity we have to generate in younger generation, the thinker. We have to convert this into thinking human beings. So, itara icha, adhina icha vishayatvam is the definition of abhyudaya. And itara icha, Anadhina Icha Vishayatam is the definition of Nishriyas, a state of fulfillment. Friends, when such is the scenario, under this scenario, if Mira gives me two articles of Polok to read, one is on Shastra and other is on other is on political, no, no, philology, what is that? Critical philology. Name may be different than <laughs> political philology. Okay. Towards a political philology. Well, I'm thankful to Mira. In that way, I'm not up to date, Rajiv Dev. I have been so much uh, involved in the traditional form of discourse and after my retirement in 2006 for the last 20 years or so I have become a mobile university because I tried my universities I tried different corners of the government organizations to tell them okay if you want to regain your own character you must imbibe these values into education you empower each and every person in this country with this strength of thinking independently. 
No, we have never accepted anything without thinking. We are, this, 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 this is our record. We are not a blind, so when some such aspirations I read in such articles, I become restless. But how, how can he be fooled? But he can be fooled all, because they have lost everything. But uh, perhaps he cannot be fooled me. I know the original text, and I can verify that all that he has said is all not the truth. So what I did was I read these two. I am sorry, I have already read it. Uh, <laughs> bad, I forget time. <laughs> Some of the things that you know, now I, I, I tell you Shastra. What is Shastra? Shastra, he is, he is, he is, he is struggling. You know? Of course, I agree, he is a very hard worker. He knows Sanskrit, though he depends on translations. No. But he knows Sanskrit. He knows the sources. But he also knows how to interpret them. So to say that, in, in, that Shastra has become a block of progress. That is his, his view. It has blocked progress. It has blocked emergence of new knowledges. How far, how, how, how can I accept? Well, by Shastra, perhaps in, in, in entire idea is, though, you see, dictionary meaning is something different, no? In a dictionary, Sanskrit word Shastra may have one, two, three, four separate meanings. You are not a freedom to use any meaning that you like. Because language is intentional. Language is contextual. Language has to care for the context in which the particular term has been used. So without caring for the context, how can you interpret a term? If you are doing, then you have some other agenda in your mind. And I have discovered that agenda as well. He has already told this several times, but I have been telling you, showing you. So, how can... Now, the Vedangas, for example, Science of phonetics is just science. Now, if I want to study phonetics, do I go to study the Veda or do I go to study the Vedanga, Siksha? Is it not a new knowledge? The knowledge which has been presented in Siksha, is it not? If the same knowledge would have been found in the Veda itself, then I would not have gone to study Siksha texts. The very fact that I am going to study Siksha and not the Veda implies that the knowledge which was available. <laughs> is not available here. Therefore, new knowledge has started emerging. So, science of phonetics, science of grammar, Vyakarana Shastra. You see, these are all sciences. So, why not you say that Shastra is a science? Boundedness, a legislative rule. These are the kind of a translation that he is providing. Shastra is something kind of a rule by legislation. You have to follow. Instead of that, why don't you say it is a science? You say theory. How far does it fit into? It may fit into in one context, it may not fit into another. 
So how can you generalize the entire bulk of the tradition by a single phrase called theory to incorporate everything under the paradigm? So dictionary meaning will not help you. What will help you is the context in which the term has been used. We have also developed the methodology to, do, to arrive at that. You see, Tatpariya, what is the intended meaning is the meaning. And how to arrive at the intention of the speaker. Even in ordinary language, yeah, I may use a particular term in a particular sense. So unless you know with what intention I uttered that, how can you be sure that you have understood me? And so, the Shastrakaras, the authors of the tradition, they developed a methodology to arrive at the intention of the speaker as well. So, Lokika Vakya and now the beauty you see, now those were, now the Mimamsakas and the Adway, I mean the Vedantins, many of them did not take the Veda to be Purushaya, they declared the Purushaya. The beauty is that, I mean, it's, it's much, much more admiring that I can derive the intention from the text, so text itself will tell me what is the meaning of the text. I need not depend on anybody. When I am before you, you may ask me, Professor John, in what sense are you using this? But when I am not there, you are left with the text of mine. Then the text should tell you what text means. This, this attempt was also made by the Mimamsakas. So Mimamsaka developed methodology by Now you say the text speaks to scholar now, modern, I mean, postmodernism. These, these are given the names, you know. We also have different names in Navya, Navya Tara, Hatu We also have this. It is not that these things were happening only there. Nothing was happening here. So we also developed how to derive, how to retrieve, how to extract the intention with which the, the expressions were, were made. All this were done and then in spite of that, unless you are getting familiarized with all this, and if you take a freedom, the way you want to interpret, this will take you nothing but anarchy. And all that you want to arrive at with an agenda that I am going to point. So all these Vedangas are the sciences. So mathematics came into being, astronomy came into being. Because you had to prepare the calendar for activities of the whole year. The rituals were to be performed for the whole year. So you wanted to know the seasons. So you want to study the constellations. So astronomy came into being. Mathematics without that is not possible. So mathematics can, so all necessity, you say necessity is the mother of invention. So as and when we required a knowledge, we created a knowledge. And so knowledge did not develop. This kind of a statement is really very difficult for me to understand. That Shastra blocked the emergence of new knowledge. How can I how, how, how can I accept all this? <coughs> I I do not have time, otherwise I would have read more from them. Another 15 minutes, so please proceed. 30 minutes, yeah, very wise. Very wise. <coughs> yeah. Okay. Now, for example, Shastra, another term is a Chodana, for example. Now, Chodana is a term defined, used by Mimamsakas. Jaimini uses the term Chodana with a definition. Chodana, Lakshano, Arthaha, Dharmaha. They define Dharma. 
What is dharma? Dharma is that injunction. Dharma is that activity which is enjoined by an Vedic injunction. Now you can see that something is enjoined and as artha has been enjoined, something good has been enjoined, that this activity is good for me. Can I judge it? Can any, being, any human being judge that this activity is good for me? The activity which has been enjoined by the Vedic injunctions, is it possible for you to decide, finally decide, that well, this is going to yield me this result? So, Ishta Sadhanata Dharma, in the activity which has been enjoined, is beyond the capacity of human, human being to finally arrive at that this is the means for this result. So, Veda Bodhita Ishta Sadhanata, this property <laughs> remains to be decided beyond the capacity of human being. And therefore, it is only the Veda who can tell you that why? Because these have been presuppositions that the Veda is free from all human associations. Meaning thereby that any sentence can mislead that sentence if it is uttered by a human being. The human being, what is a sentence after all? Sentence is an encoded thought. If it is a thought of a human being, howsoever pure, unintentional, even in advertently, his sentence may mislead someone. So let us remove the association of human being from Vedic sentences. This is the meaning of Amorushaya. It should not be taken in the literal sense. The meaning of Aparushaya is this, that here is an injunction, that is why Sabara Swamin in his Bhashya of Jaimini, he, gives, he uses a very beautiful term, Surid Upadesha. It's an advice of a friend. Advice of a friend is not a compulsion, no. It's an advice. Advice is after all advice. So how can you say that this is going to a legislative so injunction or all legislative rules that you have to do it? Veda informs about a means to achieve that goal. That goal may be artha and then can also be something which may, you may like but may lead to anartha. So artha and anartha both are informed. Causal relations of both have been informed. But what is recommended as Upadesha, yes, Subhidra Upadesha is injunction that is the Chodana, that is the Shastra and that is why Shastra become so authoritative, so friendly. So it's a friend's advice. So instead of translating it as a friend's advice, if you start translating as a legislative compulsion, compulsory regulation, how are you going with the interpretation of Indians by interpreting this this kind of a rule. So this is this is one one thing that I was so I, I was not happy. You see, Nyaya Manjari is a 
there was a logician called Jayanta Bhatta in Kashmir in 9th century. There was a great logician called Jayanta Bhatta. He wrote Nyaya Manjali. He is by many philosophers, he is considered to be a Rasil of the East. So free in his thinking. He writes in the beginning and this man interprets in a different way. Is there? Is there? We, we, our, our approach is before we write some book, we humbly remember God, and then we say, "Who are we to write? It is something somebody is getting getting written by me." This hum, humbleness and you know, humility. So, Zainat Bhatta. Now, before that, the, 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 the earlier one. The, the translation that he is doing is of the verse Kutuba Nutanam Vastu Vayam Utprekshatum Kshamaha. We are, we may, uh, Jayanta is telling that uh, from Nyaya Vanaushadi, from the forest of logic, I have collected some herbs and prepared a juice out of that rasa. And then he says, so I am just uh, summarizing it and helping you to understand that in a proper perspective. So I am adding a perspective. So I can claim only that much. No? Has any scientist created in a, a particle of a dust? So in what sense I am I have created this kind of a humble humbleness is expressed. Kutuva Nutanam Vastu Vayam Utprakshatum Shamaha. We are human beings. How can we create something which does not exist in this universe? Then, what is the meaning of creation? All those who are happy with creation, I am the creator, creative writing and all that, you know, they all become angry when I say this. I said, well, he has given the answer. What is to what extent you can claim your own creativity? He says, Vacho vinyasa vichitriyam kevalam avadharyata. Your claim, your claim of creativity is only to the extent of arranging, rearranging the given. So you have been given something. The universe has been given to you. And your creativity is nothing more than arrangement of the given, rearrangement of the given, or re-rearrangement of the given. This is the meaning of the verse. And this man, huh? <laughs> you see, now he, I'm, I'm reading his translation of this verse. You understood what the meaning of her is. How can we discover any new fact or truth? One should consider novelty only in rephrasing the older truths of the ancients in modern terminology. This is the whole beauty is gone. Simply twisted. And while 
So, in this way, one after the other, he goes on translating those original Sanskrit terms the way he likes and creates an idea that, that India has not contributed any new knowledge. What India Indians have done is, is only reproduced what was found in the Veda. Veda is Shastra from him, for him. And that is legislative regulation. Legislative regulation, that is the term that he, that he uses. And therefore, you have not done anything. I say, look at the philosophical systems. Have there not been freedom of thought? Is it possible to have eight varieties of Vedanta? Then therefore, again, one, only one uh, system of philosophy. Vedanta is interpretation of Upanishads, right? Then there should be only one interpretation. But why there is Advaita, Dvaita? And what is the proof? Proof is the same Upanishad. The same Upanishad giving rise to eight varieties of schools of thought. Is it possible without freedom of thought? Who will buy such stories? So, it is not acceptable at all. It cannot be demonstrated by rationality that this interpretation is true that the Indians did not. You know? Even same, for example, Purvamimamsa, three schools. We have a Bhatta school, interpretation by Bhatta, Kumarila Bhatta, Prabhakara school, Prabhakara Mishra, and Murari Mishra. Three schools of interpretation of the same text. Without freedom, without contribution, without any dialogue. Is it possible? We always adopted all development in thinking has taken place in this country only through dialogue. We have a clear, I mean, a demonstrable history of 1000 years up to Udayanacharya. Even if you take one system, for example, Nyaya Shastra, where Nyaya, the, the, the Nyaya Shastri on one hand and the rest all in the, on the other hand. And you have a history. Our dialogue was by writing commentaries over commentaries over commentaries over commentaries. And this is how the Chatur Granthika, that you have exposition of the Nyaya Sutra, up to a thousand years history, intellectual history of intellectual debate of this country, engage, engaging the Buddhists, the Jainas, and all those who do not belong to the camp of Nyaya. Is it possible without intellectual participation? Is it possible without dialogue? So all development is only through dialogue. We have lost that tradition. And that tradition is required to be bad. Then I was searching that, why is he doing this? What was the reason that? You know, he's out and out now to interpret this only in this way. And Mira, thank you for sending another article. And then the political philology. Well, I did MA in philology. I am an MA from Calcutta University in comparative philology. So I could uh, I could understand. 
the terms that he is using. But I tell you, unless you are familiar with the terminologies the, of used by Sherlock, you cannot. So I think you need the help of Rajivji because he knows the inner stories. So he will help you to understand the terms that he is using. His English also is not ordinary English. <laughs> so, Delhi, he, he has come, he, he has now, so the color of his goggle is here. <laughs> That's what he said. I am reading from his uh, culture and power. He is not interested in knowing the culture. Culture and power are two sides of the same coin. And it is the task of the critical philology to read both, not just the text of literature. He is not interested in the text of literature. He wants to know the, the political behind that. But the text of the political too. And his focus is, is on the political. So his color of his goggle through which he is looking at Indian tradition, Indian intellectual, philosophical and spiritual tradition is this color that he wants to focus the political part of it and not the either aesthetic part of it or the intellectual part of it or the contributory part of it but the political and he wants to create a kind of a mess by repeating it on a, again and again and so I think this is the reason, this is the color through which this is the goggle through which he is reading and that is why perhaps he is interpreting the entire tradition in this light. Otherwise he is a good scholar, of course he is a good scholar. He knows Sanskrit. He knows his... Many times what he does, you know, the rule for example, the term rule, the Kantian concept of rule that he brings, as he was pointing out. The, some of the things that he had already trained in the... Because he's a, is a trained in that culture and he has imbibed those concepts. Now with these concepts in the background, now he's when coming across these, these terms, he is trying to interpret those only the, the rule should not be taken in the sense that can't use. That is a compulsion, it's a command that you have to do it, compulsion. Legislate all these words are coming from him is, is only because of that. So I think that if we have to uh, provide a response to such authors. We have to prepare ourselves. We have to prepare. It's, it's a very difficult task. It's not, not an easy task. First, we have to be thorough with our own tradition. But that is not enough. You have to be also acquainted with the color or the terminology, the background <laughs> of the author who is attacking our culture from that, that angle. It's a difficult, difficult task. So immediately it's okay that we, what we are doing is perfectly all right. It, it was the time, it should have happened, like, rightly condensed, it should have happened before, long before, but never, better late than never. It's the right time and we should again be thankful to Malhotraji for reminding us this, but I should also tell you that we should also have side by side a future plan 
and a very robust NIM is necessary. That how to make available, if you say the education is the right of everybody, I think the, everybody's right is to get access to the knowledge and the knowledge systems created by the country. And therefore, the government must create an opportunity, an institution for this to happen. This is for a longer, longer, longer remedy, but immediate remedy is exactly perfectly all right. I wholeheartedly support this enterprise, and to whatever extent it is possible for me, I will be with you all along. Thank you again for associating me with this. Thank you very much.